Hey y'all, you're listening to Crying and Trying, the podcast, the comprehensive guide for cultivating emotional intelligence in a fucked up world. This podcast focuses on how oppressive systems and the human experience interact and impact our mental health. As a disclaimer, I am not a licensed mental health care professional or an expert. I am just one human who has lived through the mental health experience, sharing my story and giving my advice. Please, if you or someone you know needs help, seek it out immediately by a professional. I will have hotlines, warm lines, and other support resources available in the show notes. And it's the same thing. It's like when it comes to us, it's just this, our brains have this way of tricking us into thinking that like, you know, it's, it's not going to be fixable. And like, because I didn't get it done right now, it's not going to happen. And it's like the sticking with it that is hard, but that's that's what you got to do. You just got to trust the process. I feel that. And sometimes for me, like, I think about, um, like, the last song on our album in my head. And it's like, mm-hmm. sometimes I'm, like, my only friend and there's no one here by my side. It's crazy that I even wrote that because I've just, you know, talked about, like, how close I am with the rest of the guys in the band. And it's mm-hmm. funny that, like, I, we were in the studio and we're like, you know, I wrote that like right there in front of all of them and tracked it and everything. And I felt like bad that I even felt that way. Yeah. And I kind of found that issue. But then at the same time, like, not to say that feelings aren't real, but sometimes I feel like I have to slow down and tell myself, like, what is the reality of the situation? Yeah. Like, feelings make this feel real. But like, you know what's actually going on right now. Like, no, you're not. You have people that love you. You have people that support you. So, yeah, I guess that goes back to saying it's like a training of the mind process. Yeah. And I, I just have to say that song made me cry the first time I heard it because of how much, and I'm going to get emotional now. It just, it hit so hard. And it was like, it's I don't, and this is, you, like, you read my journal, you knew that I needed to hear that song, and it, because it's, it's the same, the same thing, it's, it's all in my head, like, I'm making all this stuff up, and, like, that song, it just, like, it, and I think having it at the end of the album, too, like, made it that much more powerful, because, you know, I went through, and I listened to all of it, and then that came up, and I was like, oh, fuck, this is too real, but it's, it's that duality of it, too, that, like, our brain tricks us. And you can have all these great things going on in your life and we cloud over that. Like we're primed to see the negative things. We're primed to see the struggles. And it's really hard to, to remember all the good things that you have, like these people in your corner and like, you're doing what you love. And that's, you know, it comes back to the training thing too. Like it's all about balance and flexibility, right? Like you can't, you can't have everything be perfect all the time. Like you're going to have struggles. Things are going to come up. Your brain is going to trick yourself. You're going to make up stories that aren't real. And like that's something I say all the time. The, the story I'm telling myself is because, you know, our brains are like supercomputers and they're just kind of going on their own, taking in all this information. Like, of course, some of the things that we take in are not going to be truth or fact. Right. And like, that's something as well. Like thoughts and feelings are not facts. It's mm-hmm. information about what is happening around you, but it is not a fact. Like the fact that 
um, you know, I feel lonely and, and that no one loves me and that I'm worthless just because I feel that doesn't mean that it's true. And I know that because I have, like you said, I have these people in my corner that love me. I have these people that, you know, tell me that, you know, I am worth their time and space and they are glad that I'm here. And it's, it's the same sort of thing. So that song, and I have it on my outline here. I was like, these are the songs with the lyrics that I really wanted to touch on. And that was one of them because it was just like, I don't know. I don't have anything eloquent to say about it, but I think that for it being such a short song on the album too and hitting me that hard just speaks volumes in and of itself um because that's not really one that like while you guys are not headlining that we're gonna hear live right like that's not gonna be one that's on the set list and so that's like a really special one for me because that's like you know I can go listen to that and that's kind of like I don't know I'm hanging out with my friends and we're we're commiserating together but that that track specifically was like very powerful. Um and you know, I I can't imagine what it feels like to to feel that alone and and to write that. And then I know you've gotten a similar response from a lot of other people about that song. So how does that feel when when you're sitting here having a song about being in your head and all these people are like, yeah, dude, same. Like what does that do for you? It makes me feel like, you know, everything is worth it. Like, I'm I'm really, I always say, like, I don't really know what I want to do with my life, like, career-wise or anything like that, other than just help people. I love helping people. I love serving. And it's like, I always say, I wish that I could make a career out of just serving meals at a food kitchen or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I feel like when I make a song like that, like, that's kind of my service to anyone that feels similar. And yeah, that song in particular was like so therapeutic and organic because it was not only is it the last song on the album it was the last song we recorded for the album oh, that's so cool I love that like all the little tidbits like it was meant to be right and I was just like because they're sitting here like bro we need one more song for the album I was like well I I got there <laughs> you know it's like I wrote this literally like 20 minutes ago and I'm just like feeling this and we tracked it right then and there it was one of them like it was funny because like every other song I went into the vocal booth and like did my takes that song we were sitting like right there with Alan Alan Day from Four Year Strong producer oh my God, which also made me so hype that he produced this album Woo. okay anyway fangirl moment over <laughs> I love Alan Alan like actually during the uh during the recording process of the album my my birthday came around and Alan went and got me this giant donut from some donut shop near Springfield, Massachusetts, I guess. But um, yeah, I remember like sitting there and we're in like, I guess I'll call it the control room. Like, I'm not really sure what to call it, but Alan's got his board there. And then he just set up the mic and I started singing right there. Yeah. And I, So like, are we going to go do this for real? Like, am I going to go into the booth? He's like, no, that one was raw. Like, I love the emotion that was in it. We're just going to keep it. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. So like, that's the one song on the album that's like, I don't know, like I said, raw, like everything else is, you know, it was very like somewhat more planned out. That one just came about like spur of the moment. Yeah, I think raw is a really good way to describe that song. And the the line, can these neurons and synapses work like they're supposed to instead? 
I think that that was the lyric that made me cry. Like, because it literally is just like, my brain is wired wrong. Like, why can't it fucking work the way it's supposed to? And like that, that line, I was just like, come on, why can't you? Why can't my neurons and synapses do what they're supposed to? Because that's my the struggle I have at the end of the day is like, I am doing all the right things. Like I am trying and I'm fixing my sleep and I'm eating vegetables and like, and that my brain is still doing this fucking thing. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. It's funny because one of the, one of the times we were recording, uh, we stayed at Alan's house like every night and Alan came downstairs and I was on the couch, like meditating and whatnot. And I didn't realize that he was there and he was like, you do this every day like and I was like yeah I feel like it's the only thing I can do to try to try to maintain at times and mm-hmm. I was doing everything I possibly could like there was a time where like you said I I went like vegetarian I was meditating I was hitting the gym and like all that stuff does help but you know like sometimes it's just something beyond your control and that's what I was really trying to get at in that song Yeah. And that's, you know, I think that's part of it too, is accepting that, that like, there is only so much you can do to try and fix the fix, quote unquote, like, we're not gonna, we're not broken, first of all. Um, But there's only so much that you can do to try and heal yourself and, and get better. But at the end of the day, like, your body is still going to do what it does. And if you have a chemical imbalance in your brain, like, that's going to show up and it's no matter if you were the healthiest person and you slept perfectly and like you didn't consume any alcohol or drug like you would still if you have that predisposition still struggle with your mental health and that's the thing I think it's like it kind of takes the blame away from us a little bit because I feel like we're like it's a personal failing it's my fault I did something wrong and like, I am messed up. I'm broken, but like, it's just the way our brains are set up and it's a little different. And that doesn't mean it's wrong or broken makes things harder, but like, it's still a perfectly good brain. It's still producing this amazing music that like thousands of people love and enjoy. So like, you know, it's doing some good, right? Yeah. I mean, I've literally, I had somebody on this last tour come to me and be like, I first saw y'all on tour with Set It Off in the spring. And they were like, before that, I was going through a really tough time. And like, I was legit suicidal. But then seeing y'all and then like getting to talk with you guys after the show and hanging out and everything, they were like, that changed everything. They were like, I don't feel that way anymore. And like, like I felt like I had a reason to continue going. And I was like, oh my goodness, like this is so heavy. I can't believe it. Like crazy chills. Yeah. And I was just like, I, I don't know. Like I said, sometimes it's overwhelming, but like in a good way, you know, just yeah. I can't believe we were able to do that to somebody. And that's so powerful. And like, I mean, your music has helped me when I was suicidal too. And that's the thing is like, it's something people don't talk about. And the fact that like that person was able to feel safe talking to you because your music like made them feel, they're like, Hey, you get it. Like you understand it too. You're there with me. And as much as that sucks, like having that community helps so, so much and knowing you're not alone. And for me, that was really the, 
the turning point in my healing was like, I thought I was the only one that felt this way. And I thought I was the only one that was fucked up. And like, everyone's just really good at pretending that they're fine. Um, And when you start to break down those walls, everyone struggles with this to some degree or another. And like, you know, music, especially not even just your music, but music in general, I think saves a lot of people. And it is, I mean, concerts are where I'm happiest. That was really fucking hard over the pandemic when we shut down, like not getting to see live music, I think was the hardest thing for me. And like, I, was that me too? Was that sign language? Well, I was just like saying like, oh, I, thought, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> but yeah, it was like, yeah. I, and it was my favorite band before I was introduced to you guys. I was supposed to see them in December of 2019 and I was feeling depressed. And I was like, you know what? I can go see them anytime. And I didn't go to that show. And then the world shut down and I regretted it for like two fucking years. And I was like, I should have gone to that concert. I should have done this. But like, you know, the amount of times that I've cried in the middle of a pit just from like sheer emotion, not because I got hurt or anything is just like, it's such a cathartic experience being at a show and like in a room full of other people that are feeling those feelings with you. And like, it's just like pure raw, like energy, emotion. And it's just, I don't, there's something about concerts and shows and live music that you just can't get anywhere else. Absolutely. And honestly, that's what, made me write letting go because I was like just tired of being in the crib tired of being alone and like just being sad about all that stuff and I was like I really miss like being able to go to a show or like go out to the bar and I really love dancing like, you, mm-hmm. you know, you, you see my show and I like to group so I'm just yeah. like I love your dance moves they're so cute <laughs> but it's but like it's that's like... what it's all about you know and it's I'm... like it really oh, is. That's what it's all about. You know? It brings people together. And it just like, as much as I don't like being like, oh yeah, this is therapy. Like the gym is therapy. Music is therapy. I really do think music is therapy for a lot of people. When we were shut down, we couldn't go to concerts. I was putting on my own fucking concerts in my living room. When I was home alone, I'd put something on my Google home speaker and just like jam the fuck out and sometimes I'd cry and sometimes I'd start laughing and it's just like you know it it helps you to move things through your body and the energy through your body as well and I don't know it's just it's so powerful and I'm so happy that like we can fucking go to shows again because that's really where I'm the happiest and I can't imagine because I get post-concert depression like the day after. I can't even imagine what post-tour depression is like after going show and show and show and show and then going back to regular everyday life. Like, how do you cope with that? It's mean. I don't even really know. Like, I just I haven't even figured that out, like how I'm dealing with that. I just I just keep going through it, I guess. And I talk to the guys and, you know, I try to put on like feel good movies. Like yes. it's funny because me and Brendan always talk about how much we like watching Fifty First Dates as like a feel good movie. Mm-hmm. Try to do those sort of things and then make it through, and then next thing I know, it's like okay, another tour is coming up, so it's cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but like I don't know, and it was just we totally got 
out of off the topic of that because we were talking about people being suicidal and music and it came back to this but that was the whole thing like when I was struggling the most music saved me like there was an album Mr. Wives who is uh like my other favorite band they came out with an album I think it was in 2020 and it was the whole thing was about mental health as well sobbed through that whole album felt very seen I didn't feel alone anymore and that's like what your album did for me too it was just like it helps me to remember that I'm not alone, finding community with other people, not even just lyrically, like the message in the song, but then like all of us getting together around the music. And that's one thing that like, I feel like has been missing from my life for a long time is community. Like I've lived all over the country. I went to so many different schools and most people in like every town I've been to, they've lived in the same town their whole life. They like went to preschool with all the same people. They know everybody. They have this community. And that's something that I felt was missing for a large portion of my life. And the cherry army, man, they are my community. Like I, it's really exciting to have that. And I never thought it would come from a, a silly little cherry band, you know, that like you guys helped create that community. And for anybody who's like, what the fuck is this Cherry shit that you guys are talking about? Do you want to share the story about where Cherry Armor came from? I'm trying to remember, I guess, where it started. I think it really just started from people mispronouncing the band name. I think it was, you said that you were like, there was a sign on the green room and someone... Oh, it was on the Set It Off tour. That's Yeah, they kept spelling our name wrong. Like, on everything, like, backstage, they're always posting, like, set times and who's going on. And literally for, like, the entire tour, they kept putting, like, cherry armor on the paper like and they would post it on the door and I'm like why do they keep doing this and I think that Brendan posted about it like what is this and then we just kind of instead of fighting it we embraced it and it and then, took off and it's so fun like I love it it's so cute so like the band named Sharia Moore and I think Brendan tweeted he's like who the fuck is cherry armor and like the fans just went with it and we went there's so many memes and so many like who like Cherrywood armoire like anytime there's two words that are sort of like Sharia Moore like a fan will be like oh hey that's kind of like that band I know and we've called ourselves the cherry army so cherry soldiers but like I have friends from all over this country that like I can go and talk to if I'm struggling like Scoob fucking Scoob is the best I love Scoob the best and like you know I never thought that I would find that kind of a connection not to mention like Scoob is only 18 like we're almost 30 that age gap I never would have met them in real life and like you know I have someone that I can go and talk and I have I've gone in um Scoob's DMs many times just been like hey I need someone to talk to I've done that with April I've done that with you and like you know, having people that you can just kind of go to and like we have this bond over this music, I think it just, it lays the foundation for a deeper connection with each other because it's so vulnerable. And But like, I think that that's what makes like all the friends that I've made through music that special is because like we bonded over the lyrics in these songs that are are deep and are heavy and are raw and like we're all like yeah we relate to that and so it just it it lays the foundation for a deeper easier friendship like I, I feel like I'm closer to some of these people than I am to people I've known my whole life and like 
I was only introduced to you guys. When was the, uh, who was it? Point North. When was that tour? That was in early 2022. I think that was March. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So like, I wasn't introduced to you until like nine months ago. And in that span of time, some of my best friends are like fans of your music. And I'm like, this is just, who, who would have thought? Yeah, we did it. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, that's the one really, thing I like, you guys did. <laughs> and I'm like so excited to see where you go from here and the growth that you are going to have because it's it's coming. I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean 2023, I think it's gonna be a big year for us. I know? agree. I agree. Okay. So I did want to talk about what it's like being a black man in the pop punk quote unquote scene because I've seen a lot of discourse and like Magnolia Park has talked about it a lot and like Breezy Supreme and like a few other black artists that I've seen all of the the vitriol and the hate you get just for be daring to be a black person in this scene yeah. how I, I don't know I don't even know what I want to ask you about it what do you have to say on that subject First off, I want to shout out the other the other bands. Those are the homies for real. Breezy also being a Maryland native, so like that's what's up. Um, yeah, it's just interesting at times. Like you get yeah. you get weird comments sometimes, and like, uh, you don't sound black, or like I wouldn't have guessed that you were black. Like yeah, that sort of thing, or like you know sometimes you get it from other black people. Like your own people would be like wow I can't believe like this is what you're doing you know what I'm saying like they try to like pull your card <laughs> you know what I'm saying but, yeah. it's like, but like, like and that's I've seen that too and I'm like why are we trying to keep us in a box like don't you want other music to be like there shouldn't be black music and white music and like there is going to be for forever probably just because that's how people are but like your skin color doesn't dictate what type of music you can like or what type of music you can make. And I just like, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't fucking get it. And the amount of hate that, I mean, I don't think I've seen it for you guys quite as much, but Mac Park has had to deal with some assholes, some racist fucking assholes on TikTok. Mm. And I just, I don't know. It makes me think a lot too. And I was, I just think, I don't know who it was, um, but someone had said they had put like the N-word in a pop punk song and then were complaining that white people were saying that word at the shows. And then fans were like, well, what do you expect? They're just not going to say that word. Like, why'd you put it in the song? And the artist was like, well, you know, all of my black and brown brothers and sisters who don't see themselves in this scene, don't have like that, like this music, don't have any music that is for them. So, like, I'm trying to do that and you can't not say one word. Like, all of this other stuff is for you. Look at all of these white boys that have made all this music forever. Like, why are you honing in on this one word that you can't say with all of this other stuff out there for you? Yeah, I've had, I've thought about that in some of our lyrics before. And, like, I haven't gone as far as to do that because I don't want to have that scenario. <laughs> Yeah, because then it, it invites that conversation and it it's uncomfortable. But like, it shouldn't be like, 
you shouldn't have to think that hard about whether or not you want to include that type of language or something that is more the black experience than like white people wouldn't relate to like you I don't think it's fair that you have to think about that quite as much because white people don't have to think about that like their their audience looks like them and they don't have that extra layer of complexity in it that I feel like you probably have to deal with every day yeah it's it's interesting like one show I don't remember where we were but this guy was just like really drunk and he's just like you're black (laughs) and that's all he could say like over and over again and I was like yeah like I don't understand like why you're making this like a thing yo like and I guess you have eyes congratulations like okay and like I don't know it's just very strange how that works sometimes or like other times people are like assume that I'm like biracial or something like it can't be that you're like a full black man making music like this and I'll be like what like what about me like I mean obviously this is audio only but like I look at myself like what looks like I'm <laughs> and it's just like I, I don't know people's minds I think uh sometimes I think it impacts how they hear our music as well. Like, yes. I remember, like, when we first put um, Burnout, somebody was on a YouTube comment, like, yeah, this got kind of heavy, but there's no way this band is influenced by heavy music. And, like, people that know me, literally my favorite subgenres of rock are, like, hardcore punk and, like, metal. Like, yeah. everything I heavy. So I'm like, how, how can you just try to, like, say what we're doing is inauthentic or like oh yeah they just wanted to throw in the heavy breakdown just because like just to pander uh, to like the the audience it's really contrived and it can't be authentic and I'm like yo what are y'all talking about or like I even said to you on Twitter the other day when somebody was commenting about like them like four a group of like four or five black guys came on one of our shows on the past tour and they were like you know up front at the barricade for us and everything and like Somebody's on Reddit talking about their like SoundCloud rap fans or whatever. And I was like, what about our band? Sounds like SoundCloud rap. What would make you think that like I just don't get it? Like you see, like your your ears are being impacted by the visual that you're getting. You know? A hundred percent. And I I got really fucking pissed off when I saw that comment. And I think a lot of us did. And I'm glad Casey went and censored it because I, I dug and I found that comment and I went and very nicely was like oh they're great you should check them out but like I it pissed me off so much that like you're just making assumptions just because of the way that you look that like oh like you know you're gonna do that mumble rap it's not real music and you know what even if you were who the fuck cares like why are you gonna knock someone down and yuck someone else's yum but like you literally were grooving to Slipknot after your show on this last tour and so like how can they say that you don't have any influence from heavy music because Slipknot is your favorite band? Like, hey, I don't know. Like I said, people, the logic goes out the window. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think a lot of people feel like, you know, this is a certain type of music for a certain type of people. And I don't think that, and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think you got into this to break down those barriers and to be like, oh, I'm going to be a black artist in the punk punk scene. But that is kind of what you and, and Mag Park and Breezy are doing. Like, and even like, you know, I'm thinking of um, 
in the morning, like Amanda is a person of color. She is Asian. She is fronting this band. I'm thinking of Pink Shift. Like the just all the homies. I love everybody that you're name dropping. Right yes. Now. And and like and I love all of them too. And it, but it's it's so exciting to see these racially diverse groups making waves. And like I don't like you said that that's not what your plan was, but you guys are are doing it and I think that like this is the first time that I am seeing this much diversity in the scene and it's really visible and like I fucking love that because we're gonna push all those bigoted assholes farther out to the this the skirts of the community because like there's no room for that here like punk is anti-establishment like anti the man and like you're gonna sit here and uphold these racist white supremacist values saying this black person can't make that type of music really that's not very punk is it like Uh, uh, I I completely get it and it's awesome though like when we're at shows because every now and then like somebody like first my color come up to me and be like yo like seeing you do this so inspirational to me and like I've always wanted to like start my own band right I was doing it, and then, like, I just got a lot of, like, vitriol, basically, and I did, and I stopped, but now, like, seeing you do this makes me want to get back into it, and I'm, like, literally, my presence alone, I guess, has inspired some people, so. I love that. That makes me so happy, and, and because that's the thing, like, representation matters. It does, and I'm thinking about all of the, the young black boys or or brown boys that or even girls that are gonna see like you and and pink shift and all of this stuff like oh my god I didn't know that was possible I didn't know someone that looks like me could make music like that or be involved in something like that and I think that's awesome like I love that so much and keep fucking doing it fuck the man fuck all of these backwards principles about who's allowed to listen to what kind of music because I think that you guys are doing a great job and not even only with like the skin color thing but you guys are making your own fucking genre too like let's talk about that <laughs> what's new punk that is I guess just our our own blend of pop punk and we like new metal um so you know like new metal already has like the heavy Side to it with the hip hop element, um, mm-hmm. and then like something that we kind of throw in on our own is like I really like like '90s R&B especially. Mm-hmm. So I try to add those pieces all together, and I think that we're starting to really find like hit our stride with it because it was a struggle at first trying to combine everything and figuring out how to make it all seem cohesive. But um, yeah, I'm really excited for our second album because I feel like we're getting to that point of like, all right, we we get it now. Like, we're not even like, we didn't understand even at the time what we were creating or how to go about it. Like now that we have a little bit more experience under our belt with trying to make this sound, it's like, all right, we're about to take over the game now. <laughs> oh, for sure. And like, you can feel it, especially in this LP. Like it just... And I think I said that when, after I did my first list, I was like, each song is so different. Like it has its own feel, but like it's cohesive. It belongs on this album. Like you could, they all belong together, but like, they're all so fucking different. And it's just like, I I can't even remember. I wish I had done like a live tweet of when I listened to it, but I was getting ready for work. So I did not have time to do that. But I was like, 
there was one song and I just like remember the the sound of it changing and I like looked at my speed and I was like is that really the same song I was like oh my god like it's so you guys are you're, you're killing it There's so many different elements so many different styles and it works and I'm really excited to see where it goes yeah like you know as far as like the representation and even the, the genre matching I'm very excited to see like in the future what that means especially like for a lot of times there's like a lot of younger kids on our shows that are maybe in their first or second concert ever and I'm like yo like this next generation though like the stuff that they're around and seeing at such a young age I'm excited to see what that produces 10 15 years from now you know yeah, you guys are really carving your own path in in the scene. And I, I'm excited to see what comes of it. Like, I think, and I, I think about this all the time, like, you know, when I'm high and I'm just like, the world and all of this stuff. But like, how do people keep coming up with new music? Like all the songs, all the people that have been here, like how haven't we run out of of music to make? And then here you guys fucking are making new shit. And it just, it's, I'm not musically inclined. Like I played the clarinet through high school and stuff but like I've never written music and it's just it seems so otherworldly to me like I don't understand how people can do that and you guys are fucking doing it and making new stuff that's banger after banger like that whole album is a no skip album and I listen to it all the way through all the time <laughs> thank you for saying that it's yeah. funny like I was kind of having that same thought process but Ronnie I was like we we're just driving in the van and I was like hey yo like you know what's crazy is like we go into rooms of silence and come out with sound <laughs> like, we're like how are we doing this like I'm not even sure how we do this like we just go in there we have nothing to start with and then we leave there's like a whole song here now <laughs> it's just, it's amazing to me I like I those high thoughts man <laughs> but like really though like you go into an empty room with nothing and you come out with this beautiful piece of art and it's just it's amazing I'm so happy that you guys are doing what you're doing because I you are making a difference in people's lives even if it's just me um I can tell you you are making a difference um and actually, April says hi. So you're making a difference in two people's lives. <laughs> Hello, April. <laughs> um, I also, while we're talking about other people, I wanted to let you know, my. <laughs> I was talking to my friend before we got on here. She's like, oh my God, I had a dream about us going to a Cherie concert last night. So we have to make this dream come, come true. So our tattoo artist drove us to this concert, apparently at a shed in my hometown in Derry, New Hampshire. Um, there was a spiral staircase that went to underground and neon graffiti everywhere with a bar. And they had love's not your thing on the wall and like specialty cocktails and all this stuff. And she was like, so we need to make this happen. So we got to find an abandoned shed in tiny Derry, New Hampshire and make it happen. You know what that sounds like? It sounds like a good setup for a listening party. Like maybe album two we get the cherry army in there like you know real exclusive just like those that have been rocking out with us for a long time and we just you know hey y'all sit down and bump yeah. the album yeah that would be so fun so let's make it happen we uh we put it in the universe and we're we're gonna manifest yeah let's get it heavy hype so we've talked about your music that you have made 
What about music that you turn to for coping with things? Like what, when you're sad, like, do you have a certain style that you go to or a song that like picks you up or, or is it just kind of whatever comes up on shuffle and how you're feeling? It's funny you mentioned Slipknot because for me, it's honestly Slipknot. Like yeah. a lot of I feel like that Corey Taylor right? are just so relatable because I know that he kind of struggles with the same stuff as about mm-hmm. as as and things like that. Like, like the like my probably my favorite Slipknot song is Eyeless <laughs> off their first album. Because mm-hmm. like when he's like screaming like it's all in your head, it's all in my head, and I'm like, and, and I, like I read like the the backstory to that where he was like in a rehab and you know like for alcohol and drugs and things like that and also you know when you're in there they're also addressing a lot of your mental problems mm-hmm. mental health so he's like the people that were in there kept telling me like you know this is all in your head like you can do this you can beat this and then it's like but it feels so real to you and it's just like the emotion of him like screaming that part is like what i feel like i don't know and there's a lot of other songs like and like duality is another one where it's just like you feel like there's all these different things like happening in your life and there's these pressures and it's like you're know, talking basically like the songs about like migraines which I, I often get myself and it's just mm-hmm. like the migraines that life gives you and he's just mad relatable and for me I don't know if it's necessarily like anger or whatever that I feel or just like a general frustration but like heavy music seems to get that out to me and it's funny like before we went on tour um when Pink Shift kicked off their tour for this fall, they played a show in Baltimore in October, and I was just going crazy in the pit. And I remember telling my mom when I got home, like, I just really needed that pit. Like, that, that really just did everything for me right now. I just had to get all of that out, like, off my chest for real. And it's just, it's yeah. incredible. And that music, specifically, like, heavier music, gives you the space to do that like there's nothing like being in the middle of a pit like it's just raw and like electric and scary but exciting and like it's there's nothing like it and I mean that's I go to a lot of heavy music for myself too like because I'm pissed off and I'm angry at the world and like I don't want to feel like this anymore I feel like that's what I gravitate to a lot as well um but there's also times where it's like, you know, I'll put on a song that makes me cry and like, it's just really sad so I can get, get the feelings out. And like, I, I feel like music is such an emotional experience for me personally, that I could really pick any kind of song and find some way to make it therapeutic for myself. Like, whether it's listening to the lyrics or like really vibing with the melody, like, whatever it is there's something that you can pull out of it that like is just like comforting like it's like a a big warm hug when you put those headphones in your ears you know like a soothing song I feel like that does that for me is uh yellow by Coldplay I can Mm -hmm. like that song over over and over again and it's like it's weird because it's somewhat painful to listen to it but it's cathartic you know you're like ah like I guess it's just like, you know, like you mentioned earlier, just saying like, you're not alone. It's like, dude, I just feel like you must have been feeling what I'm kind of feeling when you wrote this. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's just like, 
I don't know. I have you seen there's um I think it's on Netflix. It's called Explained. Like the it has a bunch of different episodes on like some topic and they explain it and there's one on music and it's like they talk about what happens in your brain and like you know how we're the only animals that like create music like out of instruments and things like and it was just really fucking interesting like I'm not gonna do it justice because I I was really stoned when I watched it first of all and I have a terrible memory but like it was just so cool to like have all this scientific information about why music does what it does to us and like why it's such a universal thing and like in every culture like even if it was a culture that was completely isolated from the rest of the world like they would still have music and they would still have instruments and they would still have like that kind of communal experience of it and it's just like it's amazing that we live in a world where that is a thing you know, and that we get to enjoy it and get to go to concerts and get to throw some bows in a pit and like <laughs> scream and cry if you need to. Like, it's just very visceral. And yeah, I think, I'm like, glad to outlet, you know. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what else I would be doing. Yeah. If you couldn't do music, what would you be doing? Like, if this wasn't an option, what else would you be doing? Would you, I feel like you would be a good writer, like poetry. I used to want to like write you know I thought I was gonna write books and stuff like that and I don't know I that's just more difficult for me than writing a song for some reason yeah um, a lot of people do tell me they're like Yo, your lyrics are very poetic for me and stuff like that so I don't know I used to be really into sports playing sports so maybe I would have like been coaching a, a youth football team or something because like I said I just like giving back and like being involved with yeah Serving in some kind of manner so I probably would have been like coaching like eight-year-olds <laughs> I love that I taught third graders they were like eight it's the best age group to work with if you're gonna work with kids they are like so cute at that age and like starting to come into their personalities but I love that that you like at the end of the day you want to go and you want to do something that gives back like that just solidifies you know why you are such a good person and why I'm drawn to you. Cause you just, I mean, this is the conversation we had at the merch table. You were talking about your job that you did. And I was like, that's amazing that you're, you're doing that kind of work. And like, you're getting, cause I think you were doing like something about diversity at that time with like a government institute. And I was like, that is awesome that you're doing. Like you were really trying to make change and like, you're just very authentic. And I can feel that. And I think it comes through in your music and with all the guys, like, you can just see how much you love what you're doing and then it just kind of like it it blossoms out you know like it the ripple effect like you make this little ripple and then it touches other people and then it keeps going so I'm glad that you guys uh are doing your thing Thank you. yeah and that's what I look at it ultimately like you know despite all of the challenges we've had as a band and me personally with like finances and stuff I'm like at the end of the day who's going to remember how much debt I had or how I struggled to pay rent and all those training eviction notices or whatever like what's gonna matter is the impact that you make with people yeah so exactly what costs more like what what's more valuable you know so yeah and I think that that's too why like it's interesting that we're both so anti-capitalist 
And we're both kind of carving our own path. Like, we're like, we're not doing the nine to five. I'm not doing, like, we're not playing into the bullshit. Like, it doesn't have to be that way. We can do other things and, like, make a difference in this world without, you know, creating capital for this billionaire to put into their pocket. Like, and that's because it's art, too. Like, it's not, you can't commodify it as much. And I think that that's like what's special about it. It's like your, your thoughts and your ideas and like feelings that come into it. Like, I don't know what I'm trying to say. It's not like not the same thing as like a material object that you would have. I feel like it's, it transcends. Mm. that. And, you know, I mean, and that ties into the theme of your album too, that like, you know, the spiritual connection and like, we're all connected to each other and this higher power, like, I feel like music really exemplifies that, that like we are all connected to one another and we all have similar experiences, even if, you know, it's different. Like we, we feel the same sorts of feelings. And I think music is one way that we show that to each other. Yeah. I mean, I can't even add anything. I can't, I can't put it any better than you just did. Like it's exactly why I'm doing it. It's what keeps me going. That's the only fuel I really have right now, honestly. Yeah. yeah. And like music therapy is its own field too. Like people use it for therapeutic methods and like making music. And like I, I did music therapy in one of my partial programs and it was, I didn't know that was a thing. I was like, we, this is a therapy and it's, it's like expressive therapy, but it it is a way for people to to process what they're going through too so not only is it like a community builder and like something that is universal and connects us all but it's also a way for you to kind of get in touch with yourself and what's going on with you um yeah I don't know I don't really think we can end it on a a better note than that I think that was pretty good Uh, I would say like I said you 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 spoke my heart for real <laughs> you know it <laughs> that means a lot coming from a wordsmith like yourself so <sighs> this was really good we could keep going and going and going and i think that we should definitely do another episode that's just about capitalism yeah because i i thought you know what i'm saying yeah like, i would definitely love to do it again anytime that you want to yeah right. you let me know you let me know yeah. Is there anything else that you want to touch on before we sign off? Um, I don't know. I would just say if anybody's hearing this and they're struggling and it does get better, you know, it ebbs and flows to life and, you know, reach out to the people that are around you. Don't be afraid to be open about stuff because trying to deal with it all alone or turning to other things like I've I've done in the past, you know, like, you know, trying to drink or smoke the problems away, whatever it is, that's just not, that's not going to be the solution for it sometimes. So don't be afraid to, to, you know, open up. That's, yeah. mm-hmm. oh, that's beautiful. And you know, I think it comes back to the connection. I think that that's what is going to heal us, right? Like being able to connect with other people on that deep level. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was great. Thank you so much for joining me for this. I am definitely going to have you back on. Um, this was awesome. And thank you for having me on. I really, you know, it's been a long time coming. I'm sorry that I couldn't do it before. Oh, this. Totally understand. It honestly was a big ask to ask you to do it right before you went on tour because like you had so much on your mind, but I'm glad we made it happen. And I think that this like 
after tour and having time to process everything, you know, set us up for a good episode. So I agree. All right. This will probably be my first one in the new year. So we're going to start off 2023 real strong. Let's go. I'm honored. You can find Trey on Instagram at Trey Cherie underscore and on Twitter at Trey underscore Cherie. You can find the band on Instagram and Twitter at Cherie Amore Band. And that is C-H-E-R-I-E-A-M-O-U-R. Trey's portrait on the episode art is courtesy of at Sauce with Spoons on Twitter. joining for another episode you can find the show on social media on instagram and twitter at crying underscore trying underscore pod and on facebook at crying and trying pod you can also find me personally on instagram and twitter at l-e-x-g-o-n-g-i-v-i-t-2-y-a underscore if you'd like to email the show Feel free to send us questions, comments, episode suggestions, and any other feedback you want us to see to cryingandtryingpod at gmail.com. The best way for a small independent podcast like us to grow is for our listeners like you to share your favorite episodes with your friends. You can also rate, leave a review, and follow the show on your preferred streaming platform. And engaging in any of our social media posts will always help us be more visible. If you would like to support the show with a small one-time or monthly donation, you can do so through our podcast page on Anchor or through the Buy Me a Coffee page where blog posts related to the show are posted. All donations, no matter how small, go right back into the show so I can continue bringing you high-quality episodes. I am a proud member of the PodPros community and utilize PodMatch to connect with many amazing guests. This podcast is researched, recorded, produced, and edited by me, Lexi Hamsmith, using Anchor by Spotify. Thanks for listening.